Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Monday, and we are posting an instant classic for your inspiration. This message may come from anywhere around the globe, but is sure to stay with you for years to come. Make sure to subscribe from wherever you're listening to continue hearing life-changing messages. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. Praise God. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Mitchell, for a wonderful privilege of ministering to the Prescott congregation. Uh, We're from Russia. We're here. We got away. Uh, people are asking me how I get away every time, but I, I can't. I have to be here every six months. I, I'm uh, salvaged. I am encouraged. I am uplifted. I am uh, uh, beaten up in a good way, you know, during the conference. So it's so uh, important for us, and I'm changed every time I come back. Uh, to Russia, and uh, so I, I couldn't miss it for the lifetime. So my, me and my wife, we had to go fly to another nation to get the vaccines that you guys approve of, because, of course, Russia doesn't approve any of the Western vaccines. We have Sputnik, and that's, uh, that's better than anything else. And so I have Sputnik in my arm here, and I have Johnson & Johnson in my arm here. So sometimes I feel uh, that they are uh, struggling with each other, you know how the, the spirit and the flesh are fighting one another. Yeah, but uh, no, jokes aside, we're having a great time, and God is helping us. We planted a church to Uzbekistan. Uh, that is a Muslim nation, and the couple is there starting to minister uh, to those people. It's a mild Muslim country, and we're hoping and believing God for great results. It's a boarding country with Afghanistan. And so there are a lot of Afghani refugees uh, that have uh, poured over the border into Uzbekistan. So we believe in God for a great harvest of souls. What a privilege. Thank you so much for letting me preach here. Romans chapter 1 uh, today in the Word of God. As you're opening that uh, portion of Scripture, I read a very interesting article that drew my attention. Because I am, as a pastor, I am studying human beings and I'm studying the way their, our minds work. And uh, it, it's an intriguing thing, the way our minds are uh, functioning, the way we are wired. And I, I believe you will agree with me that if we would have been able to hack, you know, Russians are into hacking, so if, if, if we would be able to hack our minds and move it in a proper direction, I believe untold miracles, untold uh, incredible blessings and things could have come our way. And so my sermon is called Hacking Your Mind or Hacking Your Brain. And this is the article. Imagine a common situation these days. You're getting a message from a friend uh, you were at the bar with last night. None of us, I hope, but uh, that's the article. He tested positive for the coronavirus And you immediately feel your throat, feel the urge to cough, and even a rise in temperature. However, after uh, a negative test, when all these symptoms disappear, you understand what happened to you. The symptoms were not caused by a virus, but by your imagination. 
See, our brains really have neurons that cause not only the feeling of illness, but even can cause real sickness. Sometimes this phenomena is called in a scientific world as a psychosomatic disorder, which is a disease that have no obvious biological cause, often caused by a strong emotional response. Doctors name about 85 different uh, sicknesses that are caused uh, by emotions, uh, such as allergies, uh, psoriasis, and skin diseases. Uh, type 1 diabetes, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, infertility, uh, Crohn's disease, that's a chronic bowel uh, disease, multiple sclerosis, to, made, to name just a few. And there was a, a study recently published in a scientific journal called Cells by scientists from Technion, which is a, an Israeli high top-notch university in Haifa, Israel, these scientists tested the brain's ability to cause disease. The first, uh, they first caused inflammation in mice. And then, uh, then they activated those neurons. They saw which, uh, which neurons were activated in the mouse brain when they had the inflammation, and later on, when inflammation subsided, they decided to activate those neurons again in the mouse. And sure enough, as they expected, without any external stimuli, the inflammation reappeared again in the same area where it had been before. This memory of the inflammation was enough to activate a real pain in that mouse. The ability of the brain to activate disease from memory is staggering. When this me mechanism is out of control, uh, says this article, it can by itself cause a disease that is not actually there. And how many know we read our Bible, we knew this way before the scientists are figuring this out. Can you say amen? In Romans 1.28 it says, And even as they did not like... To retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. One translation of that text, church, says they refused to have God in their knowledge. So the question this morning, what's going on with my brain? What's happening to my brain? You know, uh, a philosophy, old philosophy principle says, I think, therefore I am. The Bible says in Proverbs, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. See, our personality and our thought process are interlinked between each other with events of our own life. Think about it. What causes our thought process? What causes our thought life? Obviously, we understand that our thought processes are affected by the fall. Because the Bible says they're evil at all times. That's how we were in the past, before our salvation. Genesis 6, 5 says, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was greater in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continuously. That's the result of the fall. Secondly, the thoughts that cross our minds are formed by our worldview. 
In Russia, and I believe here as well, we have evolution theory is a proven fact. When we start to challenge that, we get people upset. All kinds of conspiracy theories going on of every kind. And uh, the people that are per, uh, receive or perceive those conspiracy uh, theories and buy into them, they are, how many know, they have th those theories fall on a prepared mind. Because our thoughts are formed by our worldview. In Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 28, where can we go up? Our brethren have discouraged our hearts, saying the people are greater and taller than we are. The cities are great and fortified up to heaven. Moreover, we have seen the sons of Anakim there. Here it is, the people that are coming to Israel, the promised land, but they are affected, their thought process is affected by their worldview, the way they see things, the way they perceive reality is, and they are defeated, church, before the battle even starts because of their warped worldview. The thoughts are influenced by our environment. What other people think around us, what we, uh, then we begin to think the same thoughts. It puzzles me. People go into a group of people and everybody starts thinking the same way. Group of people start to think alike. You go into countries and you have a, a distinctive thought patterns. Nations that are full of hatred towards other nations. The entire country seems to be boiling with hate towards another, another continent or the, another nation. We look at countries that have poverty spirit. And it's not lack of money or resources. It's the, uh, their, uh, their environment that they're raised in that doesn't allow them to think any different. Uh, and we see the Tower of Babel uh, as a great example of this. Genesis 11:6, And the Lord said, indeed, these people are one and they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. Here is the nation or the people that are together and they are influ influencing each other in the thought process. You know, we have all kinds of misconceptions we grew up with. I remember uh, gr growing up uh, uh, in Russia, in the Soviet Union, uh, Soviet Russia, uh, uh, fearful of you guys. I had no basis for that, but the whole idea of the whole country was wrapped up in that mentality and in that thinking, and that was the something that had to be broken. People embrace all kinds of misconceptions. To name a few, toilet seats are full of germs. That's, that's not true. Or cracking knuckles lead to arthritis. That's a proven fact that is not true. Caffeine dehydrates you. I believe that. I was actually studying for the sermon and I read this article that uh, caffeine actually doesn't dehydrate you. I, I, I truly believe that it was true. I had a false misconception. Sharks smell blood from a mile away. And not true. Salty water boils faster. Not true. Brown bread is healthy. Not true. <laughs> all kinds of... But people are up because we hear this over and over repeated from our parents, from our grandma, from people around us, and we embrace and we don't even realize that we sometimes follow those uh, uh, misconceptions as true and as reality. And many times though, those are false, but they form our thought process. Satan, of course, is busy planting thoughts. People tell me all the time, I don't know what got into me. We see this in the Bible, Acts 5, uh, 3, Peter says to Ananias, why 
have Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit. And about Judas, Jesus, John 13, 2 says, and in a supper as it is being ended, the devil having already put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. Here is devil working tirelessly to put bombs into our heart, our, our, our minds, planting those and waiting for that explosion. As you're sitting here in this place, it could be true of us, the devil, these fiery darts are being placed into our hearts. And we alter our lives, church. We alter our destiny. We make wrong decisions because of all the thought process. That's why I'm preaching this sermon about hacking your mind. Obviously, the last... One of those thoughts are influenced by our past and our experiences. Genesis 20, verse 11, very interesting. Abraham is summoned to the king. Abraham lied about his wife, that she is his sister, church. And when he's summoned to the king and he is brought to a, a, a question, why have you lied to us? He says, this is, listen to Abraham, the father of our faith. He says, because I thought. Because, he says, I thought. There are no basis for this. I don't know, but I thought. Surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. And he lied, and he changed because of the thought process that he was given into. Let's look, uh, secondly, about, uh, 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 let's look uh, on what to never to do in life if you want to have a clean and proper mind, not messed up. Number one, you cannot embrace everything that crosses your mind. We cannot welcome every thought that crosses our mind, everything that we read, everything that we hear, and everything that we see. Because we are capable of lying to ourselves. We are capable. And the Bible speaks in Proverbs 3, 5. He says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not on your understanding. God is not telling us to be intellectually stupid or commit intellectual, uh, uh, you know, um, in, intellect, kill yourself intellectually. Uh, suicide. But he's talking, telling us to be, to be very careful that our minds do not deceive us and you will make, you will make a, a, a great mistake if you will allow your mind to think every thought that comes and crosses your mind. Number two, you will, should not allow yourself to feed on garbage. Proverbs fifteen fourteen: the heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of fools feeds on foolishness. Here is a man that feeds on foolishness, foolishness, and finally it comes out of his mouth. This is a, a battle that we need to uh, win in, for our mind is to keep our minds free of every garbage. We, we know about this in the physical realm. We will not eat something that, uh, that is not, uh, sometimes we will not eat something that is not healthy. But you know what I'm talking about. You go to Cambodia. We used to have a church there. It still have churches there. They eat worms. They eat bugs. They fry them. They, you know, uh, all kinds of things, the creeping things. And it's horrible to even look at. 
But uh, spiritually speaking, people are feeding on every kind of garbage they can find on the internet nowadays. And it's a huge problem that our pastors are facing. Uh, I've sp- spoken with large amount of pastors, and uh, especially with COVID, especially with uh, the, uh, you know, uh, all kinds of things you can do uh, on the internet uh, that is uh, becoming a plague uh, for churches. The old cliche from the early days of computers is G-I-G-O, which speaks about its abbreviation of four, four words, garbage in, garbage out. And it's still relevant today. You know, back then they came up with this term G-I-G-O because if you upload incorrect data to your computer... You think the computer is smart, it has all the right algorithms, and so you upload incorrect data to your computer, you will get, uh, you will definitely get false results. Nonsense input data produces nonsense output. And it works not only with computers, church, it also works in life in general. Then when you put wrong data in your mind, in your heart, the wrong results are obtained, even if the algorithm itself is correct. That's why Apostle Peter urges us in 1 Peter 1.13 to gird up the loins of our minds to be sober and rest our hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to us at the revelation of Jesus the Christ. And the third thing that we need to do, we need to, start, we need to never stop learning. It has to be an unending process of absorbing the truth. When I see a person that it becomes loony, uh, people that have uh, demonic assaults on their lives, people that have fears of every kind, people that are struggling with guilt and shame, the number one question I ask them, what have you been reading lately? What are you munching on? What, are you, uh, 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 what, uh, what is your diet? And many, many times the people will respond and say, well, uh, the Word of God is not my diet, but the uh, Internet is my diet. And so the Bible says that we need to continuously reside our, in our minds on the Word of God. Joshua 1.8, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Church, the question is, how do you dwell on the Word of God at night? Well, it's very obvious, because if you deposit the Word of God into your own life and into yourself, you will not own, it will quicken your soul, it will quicken your mind, and even it will be protecting your, your nights, your night's sleep. And if you're suffering from insomnia, if you're suffering from, you know, a, a break of self, of uh, ability to sleep and, and have rest, maybe you need to heed to what uh, J- Joshua is saying in his book. And let's uh, finish by speaking what we need to do to have the mind that is not messed up. I believe, number one, we should look at our text in Romans 1.28. The Bible says, it's all wrapped up in that phrase, they refuse to have God in their knowledge. You know, Russian translation says, they refused to have God in their minds. How do you change your mind? How do you heal 
your mind. One well, Number one, I believe you have to put a filter in the path of everything that you embrace in your life. We have to have a filter, and that filter has to be the Word of God. We are able to have power over the mind, but it's twofold. Number one, you do this first by allowing yourself time. You don't jump to every conclusion that there is. No matter who said it, you have to take a pause. And it's very interesting. You know, the Bible says, uh, uses in Psalms and a couple of other Bible, uh, Bible uh, books, a word, Selah. You know, Selah. And Selah uh, actually means, uh, the Amplified Translation uh, gives it a meaning of uh, you need to pause here and you need to calmly think about it. We live in a generation that moves uh, in the speed of light. We get information in the speed of light. Everything comes our way from every angle. We're bombarded. And so the ability to put that time and allow time before the thought that comes into your mind becomes your thought, becomes your, your possession, you need to sell up. I want to stop and I want to think and I want to perceive and I want to ponder and I want to meditate. Pastor Wayman Mitchell spoke about meditation as part of his daily life. And I remember we were talking with him and he spoke about getting up early, getting into his famous chair, grabbing a cup of coffee, reading the Word of God, and he said, meditating. What do you do, Pastor? I think. Think? Wow. (laughs) That's a revelation. I just sit and I think. You know, it's interesting that in one of the uh, uh, ways Selah is used, is used in Psalm 4.4. Listen, be angry and do not sin. And then he says, meditate within your heart on your bed and be still. Selah. So what God is telling us, church, he says, do not rush into conclusions. You are angry, okay? Uh, uh, lay down, but not fuming, you know, you, you know uh, being angry, but, but consider. Start meeting, okay, what caused me this feeling? What, what, what happened? What, why do I feel? I mean, what's going on? God, what's going on? Let me ponder this. Let me me- meditate about this on my bed. And he says, and be still. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe. 
because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. The other, point, the other idea here is we have to challenge our thoughts. Every thought that we have has to be challenged with the Word of God. It's interesting that Jesus was doing this exactly pattern in the Bible in Matthew 9, 4. Listen to this. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your heart? He's challenging their thoughts. He, he knows what their, their pattern is. He knows where it's headed. He knows where they're going to go with this. They're going to go to an other place of un, un, unfaithfulness maybe or doubting your faith or even backsliding. The thought process, it stops them right dead in their tracks and it says, why are you thinking this? Tell me why, are you think, why exactly are you thinking these thoughts? In Luke 24, 38, the Bible says, And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Uh, why do doubts arise in your heart? And finally, in 2 Corinthians 2, 11, Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant. We are not ignorant, church, of where it's headed. We're not ignorant of his devices. And lastly, I believe what we need to do tonight, or this morning rather, is to act upon the truth that we have perceived. It's very interesting how in Philippians we read through the text, chapter 4, and it's very famous. It consists of three ways to keep our mind free of rubbish. And I will uh, quote this for you. Number one, he's talking about spoken prayer. As, as a remedy for keeping your mind sharp and not being filled with all kinds of garbage. A spoken prayer. Number two, he's speaking about a, a meditation and focused attention on the, the proper thoughts. The thoughts that are, he names the true and noble and just and pure. And number three, he says... You cannot, this is not complete. If you, if you do the first two, that's not going to do this. But in, 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 in verse 9 of chapter 4 of the Philippians, he says, These things which you've learned, you received, and you heard, and you saw in me, these do, and God of peace will be with you. He says, not only you are speaking this, not only are you commending your thoughts and directing your mind to some to things that are pure, just, and noble, and etc., but also he says you have to act upon that truth. What you learned, what you hear, what you received, what you saw. See, we are tirelessly as preachers preaching to you. I was so amazed at uh, Pastor Morales' uh, 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 Bible Sunday school this morning because he didn't know what I was uh, going to preach. I didn't know what he was uh, going to minister. But these two work so powerfully together. I was amazed. I was shocked. We tirelessly preach 
and talk about acting upon the truth. You need to act upon that truth. What you've learned, what you received, what you heard, because that's uh, uh, not enough to perceive it. It's not enough to know it. It's not enough to have it in your mind, but it's also very powerful if you start acting upon it. And then he says, if you act upon this truth, then the God of peace will be with you. And yes, you can hack your brain back from your enemy. Very interesting. I'm going to share before we go on to pray. Uh, and I want to share a few uh, testimonies, if you will, uh, in my own life about hacking people's brains for good. This, his name, uh, this, this, this brother's name is Paul Rasadin. He's a, a missionary in Moldova at the moment. He came to our church as a part of re, uh, recovery program, recovery for drug addicts. He was, a, uh, by that time, a drug addict of many, many years, over a decade. And uh, he developed uh, through his life a horrendous asthma. He couldn't go without uh, a medical uh, he would uh, always use uh, and sprinkle into his mouth some medicine to prevent him from choking and, 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 and eventually dying. And uh, so he comes into the rehab. But you have to understand, our rehab people, they are very uh, non-civilized. They were working on a building at that moment, and so you get into rehab. I mean, you, you, don't, you don't have a word to say. You're, you're just a wasted druggie. You don't have a word to say. You, you cannot vote. You cannot, you, know, uh, you cannot push nothing because you're nobody. You're, you came here to, to, so we can help you, you know, and that's, that's the end of the story. So he, he's, they put him in a place... We were working on a building. There was a building project going on. And, and it's a hole between two buildings and the dust literally hanging in the air coming out of that place. And they tell him, you need to grab this shovel, go inside there and, and, and you know, put it. And, blah, 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 blah. and he's terrified. He's looking at this, at this dust. He knows what's going to happen. He's full of fear. And he says, I have asthma. I, I, I can't do that. And the guy who was in charge... He said these words, Pastor Golubev says, asthma doesn't even exist. <laughs> For the record, I never said that. Okay? But, but my, you know, but, but this brother, God bless his, his heart, he says, uh, Pastor Golubev says asthma doesn't even exist. So, so therefore, grab your shovel and, and go inside. So... So you have to understand, when these drug addicts, when they come into our church, they're so desperate to change, they will do anything. By that time, when they hit the rock bottom, you want to do, I mean, you, you listen to anybody saying anything. And so Paul Rassadin, he is now, he's a second mission, he's, he's, he successfully pioneered a church, now he's a missionary. He's telling me this story. Nine years later, he's telling me this story. He says, and, and, and when I thought to myself, if Pastor Golubiv said it, then it must be true. <laughs> and he took a shovel, church, and he went inside, and he said from that moment on, he never had asthma back in his nine years of his salvation. How do you, how do you get this? How do you reckon this? What happened was, hacking of his mind took place, by somebody who believed what he was saying was true. 
And we know that asthma, you know, produced by fear, anxiety, many times. And here he is, completely healed. Uh, let me give you another, another example that's very close to my, my heart. We had a daughter uh, that we embraced as a foster girl, foster daughter at the age of 15. Her name's Nina. They are actually, she's married now. They're pioneering a, a church somewhere in Russia. And she was 15 when she came to our house. And she lived with her mom or with her grandmother. And her mom was as a paranoid schizophrenic. She wanted to, her daughter to be constantly sick so that she could get money, uh, welfare money from the government. So every time my daughter, my, my future daughter, this girl Nina, would, would get any kind of symptom, she would run into the hospital, she would uh, make hospital miserable, but she would come out with another record that my daughter is tem- uh, very, very poor in health. So needless to say, she's 15, she's been living this whole of her life. She comes to our house, and you have to understand, in our house, my wife, she raised uh, five kids, four, uh, you know, most of them we did uh, homeschool. Very strict discipline. Even I'm afraid sometimes. <laughs> that was a joke, but anyway. Uh, and so, and, so, and, and then I, I go out, I, I work, you know, we do things, and I, I run around my business. I come home, and, and, and Nina is, is in the house. She's supposed to be in the school, but she's, she's back in the house. I said, what's, what's wrong? She has a headache. And my, my wife's like, next day, or a, day, a couple of days later, well, she has a back pain. Or she has this, she has that. Oh, she has stomach pain. And, she has, and, so, and she's walking out, you know, like, like really, really sick person. So 15 years old. So I, I, put, I took her in my, in my office, and I set her down, and I said to her these words. I said, in this house, we don't go to school only if we're dying. I said that. We do not, we have a break, we take a break, we're allowed to take a break only if we are dying. In any other case, we grab our stuff and we go do things. And so I prayed with her, I said, let's pray, let's break that power uh, of the demonic over your heart, your thought processes are all. I hacked her mind, church, in a good way. And we were just laughing years later. I mean, we're talking about she's 24 now or 23. Uh, so that's seven years later. And uh, we are eight years later. So we're talking, we're talking right now and we're laughing because ever since that accident, that conversation in my office, she never had to miss uh, school or church or work of any kind uh, for any kind of reason uh, except for pregnancy. She was pregnant. She, I, I, my wife and I were grandfather uh, and grandmother. But uh, besides that, she was completely, it was like a turnaround. It was like another person. We hacked her mind. A young man who used to pioneer a church came back for redirection and backslid. A few years later, uh, he managed to come to church and uh, got saved again. Young guy. He's telling me his story uh, that while he was backslidden, he started suffering from what they call a depersonalization syndrome. What it is, is the experience, experience, it's actually out-of-body experience when you are uh, feeling unreal, Detached from your own self, unable to feel emotion, 
Uh, it's, uh, they call it an emotional numbness where many people feel like they're disconnected from oneself. And the world around them, as he described it to me, is like a movie that, are, that, that, that they're watching rather than specifically being a part of it. And so he's sharing this with me over a table. He's sitting right across with, uh, me, uh, the table across from me. And uh, he's talking, he's pouring his heart out. He's talking about, he had to go to a psychiatrist. He had to go to the mental institution. He had to, uh, good, you know, vibrant, intelligent, intelligent, happy young man turned into this. And I'm praying as he's sharing his heart and I'm praying. And God deposited something in my spirit. And God told me that this man that is sitting across from me is suffering from guilt. He went out. He, he didn't succeed. He uh, blamed himself for uh, not succeeding, breaking the trust of a pastor, all that. He's a young guy. And he's suffering from this horrendous sense of guilt. And I felt in the, in the moment, you know, of revelation or, uh, or in the moment of uh, uh, this uh, inspiration moment, I looked into his eyes. His name is Vadim, Vadim. And I looked into his eyes and I said, I as a pastor, listen to me, I as your pastor declare you completely free of any kind of guilt that you harbored in your own heart. I do not blame you for anything. You are free to go. And you know what? Those words had such an impact on his life. You know how uh, kids, when they were uh, uh, being uh, disciplined and then they cried for so long, they go... <laughs> and and, and th that's exactly what happened, church. He went, looked at me and he went... <sighs> and that depersonalization syndrome left his mind. He was completely healed. So that's why, church, when you read next time, when you read the powerful story of John 11, how the woman that was caught in adultery, standing before Jesus and every one of those that wanted to stone them have left. And the Bible says, and Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. I believe what transpired in that very moment was hacking of her mind. She was suffering and she would have suffered from this guilt and shame of being who she was for so many years. But we look at this from our perspective of the civilized world and we say, how could Jesus, how could dare you could say these words to somebody who just, her, her bed is still warm from her sin and she's a harlot, she's a prostitute and you can actually say this to her? Go and sin no more when I can declare to you, church, that this can happen to us because when condemnation and guilt is removed by the grace of God and by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ through salvation and when we embrace it and when we start to act upon it, we can be free no matter what sin, no matter what was done to us, we can be set completely free. Can you say amen? This is the ultimate joy of salvation. The power to change your thought process. A miracle of conversion. The metanoia. The change of minds.
This brings to miracles of every kind, healing, and uh, uh, when guilt is removed, when forgiveness takes place, when people act upon, when they say, I'm going to hack my mind for good, I'm going to give it to God, I'm going to act upon this truth, then the miracles of every kind are going to take place. I just preached in a, uh, in a church in uh, Holland in Zwolle. I did a rally for them, and I had all kinds of miracles. Uh, so we, we saw all kinds of miracles. And um, uh, one of the, I don't have time, but one of the miracles that I, I have this here prepared for me uh, this morning. Uh, hello, Pastor. This is uh, Pastor Arnaud Tepstra from uh, Venendal, Netherlands. He says, hi, Pastor. This morning, a woman from our church testified that she was healed of a tumor in her head. Because of the tumor, she had a lot of pain in her head and it pressed against her eye. She also suffered, suffered from osteoarthritis. And since yesterday, she has no more pain. She has also prayed for her daughter who, who had a chronic condition and lives with her temporarily. The daughter was in a lot of pain every day and wakes, awaked, uh, would wake up at night from that pain. For the first time, she slept and she no longer had pain. And I can declare to you that when uh, God's power, God's word is delivered to people's hearts, when they are perceptive, when they take it, when they stand upon it, when they act upon it, all kinds of miracles will take place. And we're going to see some miracles tonight, this morning as well, church. I believe God for healing, for the healing virtue to flow freely from God into souls, into bodies, and people will be delivered. The torment in your mind will stop for good. You will not experience. God's going to point you out the way out of your misery, and He's going to touch your heart, and He's going to touch your life. There'll be people that will be healed, and symptoms will never come back because God is a good God. Can you say amen? He loves us. They didn't care to have God in their brain. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, church. Praise God. As we are concluding this wonderful Sunday morning service, God is dealing with lives. So you're here in this place. As I, pro I preached and I spoke on the subject of hacking your mind, you have given your mind to all kinds of perverse and unholy and unrighteous you have given your mind to fear and anxiety. You've given your mind to lust. There's all kinds of sins that can be described this morning. But the point is, you are in the right place. You are in the right place. This is the place where uh, no one is going to, uh, no one is willing to condemn you, but we are willing to heal, see your healing and see your restoration. And the blood of Jesus Christ poured from that bloody cross of Calvary and touches every part of our being to heal and restore, but we need to act upon this. Jesus said that, uh, that uh, uh, whoever believes in him will have an eternal life. You need to believe on Jesus Christ this morning. You need to say this with all of your heart. I believe that Jesus died for me on that bloody cross. I believe that it was reason on the third day and that he uh, uh, completely overcame death and sin and hell is overcome. 
If you are willing to say this, if you're willing to come to Christ this morning and ask God to wash yourself clean and forgive you and change your life, if you're willing to repent and turn away from the thoughts and the actions that you have committed, and if you're saying to yourself, Pastor, I've done this before. I, I am a backslider. I, I, I tried. Maybe you're watching this online. You're, you're, you're so to, at the end of yourself. Can I declare to you this morning that the mercy of God, He can change your life. He has an all-powerful, almighty God. And I've seen and I've just described, I gave testimony upon testimony of the miracles of God that can take place. If you're here in this place and you're saying to yourself, this is exactly what I want. I want God to touch me, change me, heal me, and uh, transform my life. Lift up your hand wherever you're seated right now. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Somebody else. Somebody else. Lift it up so I can see it. Anybody. Front to back. Left to right. Yes, I see that hand. Thank you, sister. Anybody else? Somebody else. Front to back. Left to right. Anybody at all? Young or old? Man or woman? Front to back. I see that hand way back over there. Thank you. Thank you, somebody else. Hands are being lifted. I cannot play games anymore. See, your mind is a muscle. It will be affected. And the effect of the mind we see in our world and age, people go nuts. People go on antidepressants. And they have to because there is no other solution for them. And listen, God is touching your life right now. God is dealing with you right now about your salvation. You're backslidden, unsaved. Come to Christ. Come to Christ. Lift, lift up your hand. This is me, Pastor. Pray for me. I need this. I need this. See your hand. Those people that lifted their hands, can you please look up at me? Look up at me. Do you mean this, sir? Can you please uh, slip up from your seat and come? Sister, do you really mean this? Can you please look up? And, and uh, somebody else, you lifted your hands. I might not have seen you, but not noticed you. But can, can, slip up from your seat. Come to this altar. Come to this altar to pray. Right now, God loves you. He's willing to change your life. You lifted your hand. Come, come. Don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Come. I need a sister. Somebody's going to come. Hello. Sergey. Somebody's going to come pray for you. Praise God. Hey. Glory. Oh, God Almighty. Move upon our hearts. I pray. Well, as we uh, ponder the subject at hand, God is dealing with our lives and our hearts and our souls. Uh, there are people that are tormented. And I... I do not play down. I, I, I know, I know. Uh, just recently, pastor's wife, a missionary wife in uh, Russia, uh, she was suffering after the death of her mother, all the guilt and shame, uh, and uh, she was blaming herself. And she had to go through a period of uh, a very deep uh, uh, assault on her life. Uh, I'm not uh, downplaying the reality of, uh, of what we're dealing with, but, but, but let's, let's come to Christ. Let's come to the loving uh, 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 Jesus that, that, that can set people free by his blood. And as I, as I was preaching, maybe you've, uh, you've ch you have a check, check several boxes. Uh, this is me. This is me. This is what I need to change. That's where it came. That's where it, 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 it that's why, how I became what I became. Let's, let's all stand to our feet, church, and these altars are open, and we're going to do business with God. There's going to be transformation and healing that is going to take place and restoration of even, even personalities, church, uh, that, that are, that are warped because of the, uh, the, the, the thought 
parents that were evil and we're going to come to Christ. Oh, the blood of the Lamb. Oh, how much more the blood of the Lamb can cleanse our conscience from evil works to serve the living God. Oh, let's, let's pray and let's get a hold of God at this altar and let's uh, uh, move in the area of our lives where we need God's help. Pray and ask Him right now as we, as we sing a song. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless.